Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. everybody welcome back to the streaking Elon podcast i am zach back for another lacrosse episode and with me to talk lacrosse as always is caroline caroline how are you doing today hey good lax 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 yeah it's good times yeah (laughs) got two wins in the bank we got good listenership on our first episode which is why we're back here no we were gonna do it anyway shout out to the people yeah we were gonna do whatever we wanted anyway but shout out to the people who are supporting this endeavor exactly (laughs) um so yeah it's great we're excited to talk more lacrosse uh two games in the books as i said two wins for the now number one virginia cavaliers i guess they were number one going into the michigan game but still but still yeah but but different like you know the coaches poll had them too because of maryland and whatever but they're one everywhere now um they beat now unranked michigan 17 to 13 and uh Previously, the number 18, Harvard, 25 to 21. Two games that Harvard was definitely not as close as the final score suggested. <laughs> not even close to it. I will tell you about them. I think Michigan played well, but like I, I also think it like four goals. It was a comfortable four goals. Yeah. Come the fourth quarter. Michigan's um, gonna be a tournament team, in my opinion. Yeah. It depends on how how you know can Hopkins they... Hopkins is better than I thought. Yeah. Ohio State is potentially better than I thought. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll start with just like, yeah, initial thoughts on that Michigan game. The offense came out firing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was um early on the first like half of the first quarter. So the first like seven or eight minutes or so. It was um combined score eight. goalie saves zero yeah um, yeah it was five so, three uva with seven yeah. and a half left in the first it was a real, quarter. real tough start for the defenses um and i think that's something that you know we'll talk about it a little bit with the with the harvard game as well um i think we've seen everything and more that we could want from the virginia offense right now yeah um i don't want to say the opposite is true for the defense because i think that there were moments where like they got really good stops and play opening with Michigan, even if you return the pieces that they do, you know, you have like Saladay ended up being the defensive player of the week for week one. And part of that, I think that weighed into it, like he had a solid game, but when yeah. it came out at first, I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and then you factor in the fact that he tore his ACL, like what, eight months prior was in the Maryland months? game, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. 
and that's and he was out there hauling ass no not even a brace in sight yeah so like the recovery yeah yeah unreal so like the pieces are there like you return the entire starting close defense you've got you know there were some injuries um you still don't have Ben Ware. Am I doing? Yeah. I always, that's, it's like yeah, the it's, Mitchell and well, Corey Mitchell Whalen. I think Mitchell Whalen is out too. He didn't play against Harvard. Right. Um, so they've which, had injuries in yeah, that long Danny stick Parker position. At Danny stick. Parker at short Zinn stick. was banged up. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's some, and there's thing that's always been really tough for me to gauge um, defensively on the short stick side. I love a short stick defender. Um, yeah. One of my favorites of all time is JJ Morrissey. Shout out to JJ um and but sometimes it can they can fool you a little bit we're like you're like yeah. oh they got beat on like the first step and then you're like oh wait no they're good they're back okay they're good yeah um so some of the stuff that over the first two games kind of stood out and especially against michigan is i think that when and how they were applying the doubles with mm-hmm. the shorts that coming over wasn't consistent or it was like just slightly out of position the game that, defense was off yes which makes sense and for game one of one. The, yeah and and but you know and i saw this criticism online and normally i they're the dogs are very into this discussion yeah. um they're going to be weekly, normally it's like hitter, contributors so one of the things someone said was you know it is a little i, don't, I always hate saying concerning because like i'm not sitting up at night like i'm concerned about this no but yeah they started slowly defensively last year as well and they've even done it it's almost like a trend and i don't think that this is like a like we need to have a conversation about large i just means like even when they have the returning pieces it just seems to take a couple games and hopefully not more for the defense to kind of like get into a rhythm and that is what it is i guess but sometimes you just kind of want to see like you know the there was it's hard to say like oh there was improvement game one to game two when you look at the 21 goals thing mm-hmm. against Harvard, which again, I'm going to talk about when we get to the Harvard game. But um, one of the things that Lars talked about after the game was like, he said they got quote chunkier. And so like that first contact and like when yeah. someone's driving, like there was much more resistance from the defender. Um, but I, we also got to watch these extra man opportunities because mm-hmm. opponent, you know, I think Harvard scored five goals that way and yeah. had six opportunities. And like, if that's a game that's not as out of hand as that one was, and some of it's like, you know, we look back at the Michigan game and one of the things that um, apparently, ow, <laughs> Sorry, just got puppy nipped on the arm. Um, one of the things that refs are going to be trying to, play or pay attention to more closely and call more harshly are the anything near the neck or head which yeah. i get i support that but the problem was they issued a one minute non-releasable in the yeah. michigan game on a check that it wasn't even a check first of all it was just a stick on it wasn't a cross check it wasn't anything you know normal running pace with the attackman um that hit mid upper shoulder Matt on Noons the opposite a, side of the then the Matt Noon slash like oh yeah, not yeah. a you know so there were some soft calls yeah and you know looks early season for the refs like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. one they the defense just needs to and my dad my dad who played defense is always like oh it's always they always have it out for the defenders um you know they just got to play that's part of the thing is like smartening up there and then working mm-hmm. on that pick and roll so I, it's there were great moments but um also you know, early season, it's not perfect. And Lars was like, you know, he was not happy with um, the Harvard performance. Yeah, I think 
against Michigan, they did very well. The Wolverines did very well attacking UVA shorties. And I think that that speaks to the depth of the Michigan offense and the fact that they have that fifth and sixth midfielder or that fifth yeah. and sixth offensive player who can attack a Grayson Soliday. Um, and Soliday, to his credit, is a very smart defender. He's, um, he's there, there's a reason that he's on their man down unit as the one short stick he's on the wings he's very scrappy he isn't the most he's not the quickest guy he plays angles yeah. well yeah but he got beat a couple of times and 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 some of the other short stick did too short sticks did as well sort of like going to GLE getting underneath scoring goal. there were a couple of those or it just felt like huh like it, it seems like Michigan's dodging in, in places where UVA doesn't quite know where they're sliding from quite yet or they're not yeah you know they haven't slid there 50 times yet this season so they're just getting beat quickly and the angles and everyone's sort of waking up a little bit um I think that short stick D mini group is going to be very important I hope that we get yeah. a Danny Parker update I don't think that Danny Parker is going to come in and fix the group but he can give you another body yeah. to throw in there because he's been out for the last two games um and so that's relatively notable well um, and I, I just I'm like the one like I said I think Michigan's actually th- that their offense that they return mm-hmm. Josh Wada like they've got yeah they've got dudes um, right. that can score on that team. And we saw a lot of that. The other part that they do so well is we talked about the pick and roll defense struggling. <laughs> they also execute that mm-hmm. perfectly yeah. Um, in the sense, like, you know, talking to, you know, when, when they are shooting coming off of the pick, even not necessarily going to the roll part, but where they're using the pick and are using the screen and shooting from and where they're setting those picks, let alone where, you know, it's a perfect spot that makes it the hardest for the goalie to, you know, they're screening the goalie. They're screening. They did that well. number And noon struggled early, but he was actually, he was great for the game. He was huge. I think he had 15 saves and that's one shy of his, yeah. One shy of his career best or something. Um, so, you know, once he, once he warmed up, he came up with some really, really big ones. And so, um, it was, uh, they pieced it together defensively. They did what they needed to do to do in that game. I think they contained Zawada, like Cole Kastner held him to two and two, two goals to assists. And it, it was more sort of goals that came as a result of the offense rather than Zawada initiating, which I think is like sort of what UVA was hoping. Um, Cohen was really good uh for michigan but otherwise like there wasn't a ton of production um other than sort of the some of those midfield dodges and so i think that the defense like did enough and this defense also doesn't need to be a top three defense in the country they can be eights and this because this offense and we've seen it for two games now and yeah it's michigan and harvard but it's also michigan and harvard like this these aren't sort of like the vmis this isn't this isn't albany days past (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah, it's not it's not Albany and Holy Cross. Yeah. Uh, Spolina. Um, <laughs> one goal and one assist against Maryland. Um. Anywho, uh, well, let's go to the offense. More fun. Uh, yeah. Easier, e- easier to talk about uh, in depth against Michigan. Uh, UVA got out quickly. Uh, that that five goals in seven minutes, including Thomas McConvey scoring like thirty seconds into the game. Which is awesome to see um this offense is special that that top six those top six guys on offense when you put them in uva's one four one offense um which for people who aren't lax geeks with the formations that's one guy at the top four guys across the middle including two wings two on the crease and then one behind they can do so many things because they have the perfect personnel to put there you got xander dixon yeah. Payne cormier on the inside 
crafty as can be really smart off ball guys really great finishers high percentage shooters you got dodgers on the wings and mcconvey and typically jeff connor who can also use picks very well especially with mcconvey and cormier on that lefty wing side right wing depending on where what you know where the left hand has the advantage the angle advantage and then obviously connor schellenberger behind the goal griffin shuts up top there's just so many ways that they can initiate and I think you definitely saw that probably a little bit more against Harvard. Um, then you have, you know, the two, two, two look with with two main games behind the goal with Schellenberger and whoever has a short stick. Like there's so many things that this offense can do in the settled six on six set. And then they're also so good in transition. Oh, yeah. So good in transition. So good off the face offs, off of clears. I mean, we saw Noah Chismar score a goal against Harvard, which, you know, I, I guess I'm mixing these games together now, but um, against Michigan, Peyton Cormier led the way. In goals with five goals, one assist. Schellenberger led the team in points with three and three. I believe McConvey was three and two um, in the corrected book. Uh, and I Dixon think Cormier two, actually two. went through, um, five and one, so he also had six points. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I completely um, messed up yeah. the math. Don't there. sell. Don't don't sell our guy short if he's getting those assists out there. Um, <laughs> Notably, PD yeah. Masala, two goals, and the other goal scorer for UVA, Caroline. <sighs> My uh, was your boy Ricky with a beautiful <laughs> sweep and I, I was first watching this game yesterday touch. oh first yeah time he touched the ball on he was the first time he was on the field lacrosse. yeah first yeah. time on the field first time he touches the ball as a college lacrosse player after five years of waiting yeah my guy smokes by the defender on the run and it was and he scores in the Harvard game too both goals were downtown like yeah they were so far out in the the hip movement and getting his hips to goal and like getting into the cage where he could even put that shot on with the power he put on. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be so fun to watch him continue to, to get better. He's had a couple turnovers and you know, he's had two goals and it's clear the potential is just like, and having him, especially now that, you know, we saw what some of the potential looks that Griffin shots could get in the mm-hmm. first game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think he went over six, over seven. Seven, yeah. Um, but when you have and you saw him convert those against Harvard in the second right. game, when you have shots able to run downhill that way, you have Ricky able to run downhill that way. Um, you have McConvey able to take a defender one-on-one like that's just so difficult for a defense to defend let alone the fact that the other three people that you might have well or Jeff Connor out there and then the other three people that you have to worry about are the best player in the country in Connor Schellenberger one Mm -hmm. of the best pure shoot like scorers in the country that is still again criminally underrated my guy Peyton Cormier and then Xander Dixon who is the slim reaper and does not also again, I'm going to keep being like, it sounds so stupid to be like, this team doesn't get the credit they deserve at number one. But like, it's that's, what do you do with that offense? And you just, and then you put Sean Kerwin, the like offensive mind guru genius at the helm and you get what you got in in the first two games. And so they, one of the things I was, happy to see right now virginia is assisting like 67 percent of their goals mm-hmm. um which i think is a good i think that's a perfect number actually because you know you look yeah. at a couple like we said like pd lasala had a couple that he gets right off the face off like those aren't gonna be assisted ricky coming out of the box and just dominating someone not gonna be assisted yeah. uh zen in transition not assisted but we've seen a nice balance I'd like to see a bit more, but we've seen a nice balance of where we're getting those assists. Obviously it's heavily weighted to Connor yeah. who's the quarterback, but McConvey is a 
is a gifted passer. Mm -hmm. He can pass the ball, you know, and it's, um, we've seen Xander make a couple nice, like literally two, a couple, a couple nice assists. Um, and so it, it cannot all fall to Connor because it's just not going to work that way. It's too many goals that they're going to score. Yeah. But, um, this, the ball movement, especially two games in has been really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, probably the biggest into what we talked about two weeks ago, the biggest question mark for this team was like, who was going to be that secondary initiator to Connor? Who was going to be that, that that group of guys? And like, would this sort of collection of uh, McConvey shots, Jeff Connor Dixon to some degree, and then Cormier McConvey on the left side, like could those guys create enough going on so that you're not just saying, okay, Connor Schellenberger beat a guy or win the two man game and find someone. Yeah. And I think so far the answer has been yes. They're going to play stiffer defenses, and they will this week. Um, but I think you're seeing sort of the development from last year to this year because, like, they brought obviously as we talked about everybody but Matt Moore back. All these guys got that extra year, um, yeah. And and sort of because because it was it it was a, the same core but a different core that won the national championship in 2021. Yeah. Like you know you had Doc Aitken and you know maybe lessened version of his former self after playing football in the fall, but still you had docs, you had Matt Moore, you had Ian Laviano. So these guys weren't getting as many opportunities. Now you're seeing them all flourish in these roles in an offense where Sean Kerwin, like part of his genius is just being like, we can win matchups. So I'm going to put us in positions where we can get the best matchup possible. Yeah. And then the way that he schemes up off ball movement is ridiculous ridiculous and some of that is players feel like some of that is Cormier and Dixon knowing how to sort of work with each other but like the way that Kerwin teaches guys to cut off ball is just so special and it makes it even easier for guys like Schellenberger and it's incredibly beneficial to have not one not two but three dudes like McConvey Dixon and Cormier that can catch and finish in the smallest of spaces Mm. like I don't want like I don't want to just be like, oh, because you can see the box league come out with our Ontario boys. Like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, but I, I throw Xander in there because he can oh, catch absolutely. and finish. His hands are so quick. And so the ability, and like you said, they not only, it's such a cool interaction between Connor and the guys that are going to receive the assist. And they mm-hmm. can all, especially when it comes to, Xander and Connor and probably uh to an extent um I didn't get the verbal confirmation from Peyton but I'm going to make an assumption that he has some similar ideas here Xander is like I can read Connor on the field like I can tell what he wants to do I can tell when he's looking for the pass I can tell when he's going to try and take his man I can tell when he needs me to set a pick yeah. and I think that's that's what's special about this offense especially at this part of the season like these guys have so much connection and there's so much unselfishness with who's scoring and that is like so important because you you got to be able to share the ball and like they don't care who scores yeah no it's it's beautiful to watch and i think we'll we'll transition to the harvard game here like i I think we've been talking in broad strokes it all it all remains (laughs) true against harvard uva this is one of the all-time great performances by I've never seen anything in a like period it. And, and I was gonna say I was gonna say like probably the closest thing is what they did to Georgetown in 2021 yeah that's probably yeah. the most similar but it's still not the same I mean like, so it was UVA was up 
nine nothing with seven oh seven left in the first quarter. Seven oh seven left. It was so halfway through the first. Not quarter. even eight minutes. They had nine goals. Yes, that that is ridiculous and efficiency. They had. They scored the first one in in ten seconds, and the second, second one, one 15, in fifteen seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's absurd. Um, they had twenty goals at halftime. Yep, it's, it's, and we're close to having more. Like these it aren't was like, numbers. You know, like these aren't. No. This is not a normal. Like I, no. I, I sort of was. The game went on for so long because of how many because of the fact that this was potentially the highest scoring across game college cross game ever. Yeah. It's, it's the game that has had the most face-offs ever yes. but there's I, I don't know if you saw on twitter like there's no goals scored record like in the books there's most face-offs taken yeah. and this beat out a couple of games including uva syracuse which was 22 21 i think in 2021 yeah so many numbers going on um but this was just absurd. I mean, 25 goals at the end, but like Connor Schellenberger didn't play for the last yeah, 25 so minutes of the game. For anyone like, who didn't, oh, yes. who didn't yeah, this watch is the game, this is where I'll, this is where I'll go on my little bit of a diatribe about this game. Uh, if you didn't watch the game and only consumed either the box score, or you just hear us talking about this final that was 25-21. Like, um, it does not tell the story of like how that game went. No. Um Virginia dominated. They took the starters out. The offensive starters came out even before the defensive starters um, because there's much, much more. One, it's a lot easier just to throw in like a really good first year, like whatever, as yeah. one guy on the attack, whatever. But I think right. Connor, Connor came out. I don't even know if Connor played a minute in the fourth quarter. Um, but the he, uh, Lars Evany pulled the goalie. Matt, so he pulled Matt Nunes in the starting defense with like, 11 minutes to play it was yeah. i think and there were different guys in there throughout 12. the game yeah. like it was not a he was rotating people like cormier yeah. was out in the second quarter yeah like there guys was a were... lot of rotations like they yeah. you know we saw a lot of sunderland and all stuff and who's going to get a lot of playing time but like mm-hmm. yeah so you saw thomas Mankey score a goal i think in the second quarter yeah it was it was why like I, it was just utter domination and this is against a you know so jerry Byrne used to coach it Notre Dame and he is mm-hmm. one of the best de- considered one of the best defensive coaches in the country yeah um to do that against a Jerry Byrne defense is like to do it by itself is wild to do it against an Ivy League team that was in the tournament last year and was ranked is even more wild and to do yeah. it against one that has a, one of the best defensive coordinators is just just in just the craziest thing so yeah this is the dilemma when you're coaching because there is this level of like one, you don't want to get anyone hurt in a 12 goal doubled up blowout. Like right. you can't PD LaSalle has been not practicing and in, in a boot for the entire exactly. time the season's been going on. So, you know, adding like, yeah, in the backup had surgery and he's not, he's red shirting. So right. you've got the first year Mac Eldridge out there who, who I think did fine. He still has a lot to learn and a lot of distance to make up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> Harvard left the starters in. <laughs> right. So yeah, I was like, which like, is remember, fine. Which is fine. It's fine. There was a lot of stat padding. So yeah. Sam King scoring seven goals and two, I think he had two assists or something like that. Um, he is a very good player. He did not have very much success against Kate Sostad. I think five, maybe six of his goals came after that defense was pulled. Um, and that's, you know, it's similar, like, so he had, that was in the third, he had three three. fourth quarter goals. Yeah. 
and, and an assist. Um, there were in the third quarter, they were backups in defensively. Like they were, yes. and and I remember this one goal in, in particular. They were like Mike Prestepino was in, good player, probably UVA's like eighth or ninth pole. Um, was in and got beat, and then Cade helped over and then got beat by King on the backside. Yeah, and so like th- this is just and and David Rozelle was in, and all due respect to David Rozelle, like he also you know coming he, in cold is coming in cold. He the was fact facing that he did a lot that of last tough week, shots. That's yes. the thing we didn't say. So against Michigan in a one goal game, backup goalie, sorry, backup backup. He's the third string because they're trying to redshirt the second guy, right? Which is something that we should we're going to need to touch on in a second. But yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, Rozelle comes in and makes an amazing like it wasn't the it was it was a great save, it was a big moment comes in cold as that we'd mentioned the slash on on noon so noons is on the bench serving his penalty mm-hmm. it ignited the bench it you know and i don't think michigan got that close again we are facing a situation in which in a back and forth game where michigan kept getting close but not tying um has the ball facing the back of backup goalie in a one goal game like that was a huge momentum thing so this is you know it's difficult to come in it was much colder by the time david like literally colder so when you were saying coming in cold like there's that and then you're coming in to also a new defense that hasn't been playing together and has also been standing on the bench and that combination is like you know so then you look at and this is i am not remotely saying anything bad about lars pulling the starters no because again if if sauce dad's in there in like Gets hurt, or, then everyone's yeah. all over Lars for like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so trying to find that fine line. Cause the other thing that he said to us after the game and the media availability was like, part of this is also when the, the backups, the guys that are on this team are, are the best players that came out of their high school for the most mm-hmm. part. And so these are good players that are in. Oh yeah. It's when not, the backups not, come in walk-ons. No. Yeah. When the, and when the backups come in, he's like, we want them to play good players so like yeah. the backup defense facing the starting attack of harvard is good for the backups whether or not they got rocked for nine goals or whatever it was in the fourth quarter yeah um it's just a matter of like you know it's like with well, the end of that there was a game a few years ago in basketball where it was like virginia was beating florida state so badly that they put like the green team in with like oh and then they crashed and it became close and enough they, and the, the florida yeah, state yeah. starters the florida state starters like pressed the the backups it yeah. felt a little like that like it was a lot of you know to each their own it again i'm not even trying to like make this something that harvard did something horrible or that they're not classy or like whatever else but it was just a situation where it was just like those types of blowouts are so hard to manage. When oh, it's impossible the, when you're on the yeah. side that's winning so badly, and, and you can score so quickly. He had, so to, put, he in had to put the defense back in. Yeah, he had to put he put two of them back in, and I don't again I don't blame him for that either because it's the narrative point, that we have to yeah right. And so if it's if you're talking about like you know people say I saw people saying like oh Virginia held on like that's not. No, I mean, listen, it wasn't a shootout. It was not a shootout. It was yeah. a blowout that then got a little bit of save face time by padding the stats in the, the fourth game, quarter against the backups. Like the game ended after the third quarter. It yeah. was UVA 23, Harvard 12. That yeah. was essentially this game. That's yeah. what this game was. And it got to 24 12 when I think that's yeah. about when he pulled the starters. Yeah. Um, and then it was nine to two in the fourth quarter, which yeah. made it. Yeah, the highest and score so, in game ever. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is what we talked about. If there, I think if there's a ten goal lead in the fourth, yeah, just call it. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Because it, it, 
it's it's not it's a lose lose situation for like everybody <laughs> because now yeah, so just, Sam it, King Sam King for this week they've only played one game but he leads the country in in points per game and it doesn't it doesn't matter that he leads the country for a week in points per game it's just one of those things no. you're like that it's just a, an instance of the stat box not telling the story and I think you know Loyola got a first place vote this week uh it's especially hard against a team like Harvard because they're yeah because UVA blew them out, but then they're too good to not, like, against, when you play, I don't know, Towson's tougher than probably the team. It, it, when you play Vermont of 10 years ago, um, then, okay, then you get all of your backups and you get all the walk-ons. They get to score a goal. Like, that's fun. Like, everyone plays, you know, and, and even the other team still gets experience and they get to play on Clockmare. Like against Harvard, against an NCAA tournament team, yeah, it's just it's so weird because they're gonna put up goals, and it felt yeah. like it was kind of inevitable when the backups went in because you were like, you know, they're, they're they still kind of scored some goals. They still had eight first half goals. Sixteen goals in a game is a respectable amount. I mean, you had oh yeah, Michigan. Yeah. So like, it wasn't like the defense was absolutely shutting harvard down it was just that like it didn't matter because uva's offense was producing at such a ridiculous level and then it just like it it was just a game that was weird and i think that you'd go away thinking okay this uva offense is ridiculously good and can put up 16 on probably everybody but like a couple of teams and then even you know like probably the best events in the country like notre dame maryland um probably one or two of the ivy should be thrown in there loyola is pretty solid defensively yeah Ohio states up there which we'll get to it's just generally when you and this is not meant to be a slight but generally when you need to put the backups in with that much time left the gap between your backups and the other team starters is not that wide so it's not as dramatic so if you look at the previous time that virginia scored 20 goals and a half was against VMI and they had 22 I think and the final score was like 24 to two or something it was 20 or maybe it's 20 the half and the final was 22 to four or something like that they played almost no starters in the second half and didn't they only scored two goals in the second half but only gave up four in the fourth quarter like when the third string goalie went and so like I don't want any of this to come off as like insulting the backups or the what. Like it's just so, it was such a weird situation that there are still. When I look at this game, I say the offense is incredible. This is, and then I look at it. This offense is one of the best in the country, if not the best. I think it's the best. Yeah. Um, the defense has some work to do because Absolutely. they gave up twelve goals. You know, whatever it was, like the the starting defense gave up thirteen goals in the three quarters. They have work mm-hmm. to do. They don't have 21 goals worth of like that. That's, that's the thing where I'm like, yeah, this is mainly for um, maybe it's fans who just look at the box score. and want to say like, what the heck happened in that game? I'm telling you what happened. Or if there's media that's not at these games, not covering them and don't understand how this stuff works like that. There's so many articles and recaps that I've seen where it's evident that the person doing it just looked at the box score, like just looked at the final score and didn't take the time to say like, Hey, wait a minute. Like it was an absolute domination by Virginia over what should be. And I'm, I'm very curious to see actually how Harvard does the rest of the season. Cause I, I don't know yet how to tell, what is going on with Virginia versus the rest. Because when you look around, especially looking back at the Michigan game, some people might've been like, that didn't feel like enough of a dominant performance. 
but you look around the rest of the league around the NCAA and yeah. Maryland lost. You had Georgetown, who was number two. They lost. They've lost twice, lost twice. now. Yeah. Um, Duke lost to Jacksonville. Duke lost, like, almost so all, lost to Denver. Yeah. They beat them all, in Unranked Denver, which unranked is unusual. Um, yeah. So when you look around, like, this is not a, you know, these games will matter later on. Um, this is probably the best schedule I've ever seen Virginia play. Probably, yeah. maybe. Question mark. I mean, in the yeah. sense that like there are no, they didn't ease into anything. There no. was no, and they've played Loyola early a lot of the last whatever million seasons where they had a really tough game on the road there or whatever, all decided by one goal. Um, but I guess I just mean it's not a you. They did not have the. Um, There's no warm up game to really no. like kick things off, even the... if this looks like it uh, uh, with right. the way that we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like nationally speaking through two weeks things are looking pretty good for uva like yeah i think maryland's still going to be a tough out because the weirmen can win a ridiculous number of face-offs but like their goal is out for the season now yes Logan that's McKay. a bummer i hate that i hate yeah. when yeah i mean one of my high school teammates now just got pulled up onto the maryland team because the goal is out for the year which is so i was like anyway uh but yeah no so so maryland they don't have the offensive production. They're going to get tons of offensive possession, so their efficiency doesn't have to be that of Virginia's, even with P.D. Glasala. Um, you know, this Ohio State's going to be interesting. On Saturday, yeah. I'm blanking on the time, but in Naples, Florida, um, on Big Ten Plus. So, yeah, I rate. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess. I rate. I'm, yeah. It's a, it's a night game. It's 7 p.m. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Um so that game will tell us a lot. I mean, Ohio State has capable offensive players. Jack Myers is, I'm sure he was listed amongst the Tawaraton, um, you know, long list or whatever it was. He's a capable attackman, senior, experienced guy. Cole Kastner, he's big, like 6'2". Cole Kastner is going to have his hands full. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be a good test for the defense. Ohio State just beat North Carolina 8-5 to five on Sunday. Um, Ohio State lost their face-off guy, who is like top 10 in the country, Justin Inacio, um, to graduation. And, and they have... Oh, I was like, after last week? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so that is something that they've been having to, to answer. They had... Um, they have one guy, they have, they have two face-off guys that have been sort of rotating back and forth. One of them is named Matt, Matt Fritz and was also the face-off guy for my high school team. Um, Look at this. Zach. Yeah, he's just a, knowing everybody. I know, I know. He's a uh, like five, six spark plug type of guy. Really, if he and Petey face off, that would just be so fun because they're going to be tiny wrestling dudes um, going at it. And then there's one other guy who, who's been gotten the bulk of their face-offs. Who's been capable. He like beat up on, on some face-off guy, but then was has been sort of decent in the other games. I think this is a game that PD can dominate. I think this is a game that PD can win 65% of the face-offs. And if you give UVA's offense 15% of more possessions than the other team, um, good things will happen. I think UVA wins yeah. this game again. I think it's it's going to be like back and forth all, all game because I think that UVA's defense isn't where it needs to be come May. Um, but I don't think that Ohio State has the firepower in scoring just eight goals against North Carolina. It doesn't give me a lot of confidence in their ability to really light it up. Um, their close defense is good, though, and that's going to sort of provide a challenge for Connor. I think that we're going to get a, a good look at sort of how UVA can run an offense to initiate against short sticks. Like can, yeah. 
can, can this sort of like, okay, like they have so many guys coming out of the box who can beat a guy. They have McConvey, they have shots, they have Miezon, they have Jeff Connor. Are those guys going to be able to consistently do that against a, a, a quality Big Ten opponent in Ohio State? Not that Michigan wasn't, but Ohio State's better than Michigan. Um, and ah, so look at you out here, I know, Paul. Paul, I'm so mad at you. I'm going to just clip. If I knew how to clip just that piece of audio, send it to Paul. You're like, yeah, Ohio State's better than Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but <laughs> my grandparents, <laughs> my grandparents went to Michigan, so like I've always been, I've always been, you know, I, I root for Michigan. And <laughs> likely like, story now, Zach. Always yeah, backtracking. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a an incredibly fair assessment. I have absolutely no idea. I did not think that Saturday was going to be nine goals in seven minutes. So no. I honestly, and again, it just was like, there were some parts where Harvard looked a little discombobulated. And when you have as many players that are as good as Virginia has on offense, yeah. It is a mess for opponent, opposing defenses. Because right. you, you have like, to choose how you want to get beat. Yeah, and it's, it's just essentially like, what you have to decide. Like, what is the least? Like, yeah, it's it's very difficult. Um, you're to shorting, out who to short you're shorting shots, and you're shorting Connor, and you're shorting Miazan, and yeah. they can get going downhill fast enough and create space and create their own shot that we've seen in the first three weeks that they you have to slide you have yeah. to or you're like okay we're gonna try like you can't even say we're gonna just let you beat me whatever because right. the the settled and not even saying like oh all of the offense comes from someone running into the box running out of the box like whatever whatever yeah. um it's uh when they're settled like you said the off-ball cuts yeah and the way that they're moving good luck well, folks like this it's, is this is the beauty of that one for one offense because it screws with defenses slides and maybe I'm getting too much into like the schematics of it. But like when you have Cormier and Dixon on the inside, typically from most places where you're dodging, unless teams are, are sliding across crease uh, when someone's dodging from X, typically that's where the slide is coming from. It's coming from one of them, no matter where you're initiating. But then the fact that you have two of them yeah. means that all of a sudden is one of them one of their defenders is sliding that means that the second slide has to go so so say, say mcconvey is dodging on the upper right side of the field trying to get strong to his left hand and dixon's defender um slides right then cormier's defender is probably going to bump to dixon because dixon's closest then all of a sudden cormier is open right but like because of the space of the one for one where those four perimeter guys are so far away typically and are the guys that you want to dodge that means that the second slide has to be so pinched in and then that means that you can swing the ball once or twice unless you're finding guys on the inside which is very effective and dixon and cormier need a sliver of space to catch the ball and finish if you're not able to get the ball to them inside, you can swing it so quickly, get the defense moving. All of a sudden it's behind X. Connor Schellenberger is running with a full head of steam up the field and you're screwed because your defense rotations are all over the place. And all he needs is to see one guy with a sliver of space. He's going to throw it to his stick and it's a goal. Yeah. So like, that's where this offense can be so, so, so good. Plus the six is, goals that they're going to get in transition. Their shooting is already... I don't want to say mid-season form, but the efficiency, yeah. the accuracy is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you're looking at your, like all the guys that we've fawned over early here. Um, Connor's shooting 55%. Mm-hmm. And for those, if you're not, I mean, like 
over goal 40 score goals oh, scored yeah, yeah, on yeah. shots taken i guess yeah, um yeah. cormier is eight for 12 67 percent yeah xander dixon is seven for nine <laughs> yeah or sorry seven for 11 64 percent um mcconvey 50 percent jeff connor's even at 40 percent so it's just like yeah the guys the main guys those four are all 50 percent or and better. shuts the only reason that shuts is he's what two for 11 it's because he went over seven against michigan and had yeah. four goals basically be inches away from four shots yeah, he, i think he's hit away. like two pipes already yeah. too like so yeah it's it's ridiculous efficiency and for people like if you're at 40 percent, that's efficient for the season yeah, like, that's, being, that's and, really and, and finishers you probably want to be you want your finishers around high 40s low 50s on the year um if you're in the mid 30s as a perimeter guy like a connor schellenberg or like a griffin shuts then you're happy um but though yeah no, those numbers through two games all right well i think we touched on just about everything there uh offense is great defense has some room to improve but is still sufficient middle of the field oh this this is the one final point i wanted to make they're light at face off and they're light at goalie they have two guys essentially on the depth chart for each position if there's an injury uh things get shaky if you want to you know, be able to play guys like when there's 51 faceoffs, only having two guys to take them is tough. Um, but that's sort of like a down the line sort of thing. If if PD or Noon's fate, you know, has a serious injury or misses a, a string of games, then UVA could be severely disadvantaged. But we'll get yeah. to that if and when that comes. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back later this week in a couple of days to talk basketball with me, Pierce, and Ben. Caroline and I will. We might be back next week to talk Ohio State ahead of Richmond and Hopkins. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure we'll, out our schedule. We'll see, we'll see how well, that know. game goes. Yeah, We'll keep you on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll be back relatively shortly to talk uh, more UV lacrosse. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned to the blog for more lacrosse, basketball content, all the stuff that you want. and uh, Women swimming and diving. Women swimming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. With that, thank you all for listening to this cobbled together episode of the Streaking Lawn podcast and go moose.